1: I want no something to see. I think about every one you I hold in these things real I have you seen you wanting you. Hey, it's a ratio. Okay though, it's a ratio. Okay though.
0: That might be the best question I've ever been asked.
1: <laughs> You's a phenomenal person. I mean, you're legendary. I am a fan of you, my brother. A lot of times I, I uh, dream about beats, and then I wake up and immediately record it on my, my phone, and then I go and recreate it in a studio. You dream about beats. Yeah, yeah. And songs and melodies, and it's like, a, a lot of times. What's that like? Um, I, it's something that I realize, like, when it comes to making music, you kind of have to... Really like tap into I would say that thing, whatever that thing is, and let that guide you through creating it. And when it comes to me in a dream, it means I have to make it. Mm. Yeah. Mm. It doesn't happen every day, you know. Like I say, the dream thing happens once every three months, maybe. Okay. Where I come up with an uh, idea in my dream, so I have to record it. You're kind of thinking in music all the time. Yeah. yeah. Well, it depends. Um, I have an on and off switch Uh, when I'm, when I'm creative, I'm creative when it's time to kind of handle business and stuff like that. I kind of switch it.
0: IDK is a hot MC with a new album out called F65. He's a brilliant guy with a fascinating story. We talk about hanging out with Dave Chappelle, trying to get Andre 3000 to be on his record The difference between Airbnb and owning property as a landlord. This is an amazing conversation that starts with what his life was like when he was committing armed robbery, in and out of prison, and where he decided to change his life forever. It's my man IDK on Touré Show. So, this whole journey to where you are now starts when you're in prison. Yeah. Right? I want to hear that whole story uh, because you mapped this out. Yeah. Right? Learned how to rhyme
1: and map this out. Like, explain to me what happened. Yeah, I was actually, um, I was in, I went to prison when I was 17 the first time. Juvenile? Yeah, yeah. For what? uh, Armed robbery. Robbery with deadly weapon, but they actually put me in adult prison because in Maryland, when you have when you're that age and you have a what they call a violent charge, they put you straight to adult prison. So, so you were an adult at seventeen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, How long was the first bid? The first one was only like two months, four months, four months. Oh, okay, four months, and then I got out. And um, I was gone. I didn't go in for a while, but then I got violated, not paying home detention, stuff like that. Um, and then, So you didn't do anything else. No. But you— I Went back. You violated your parole. Yeah, I've been to prison and uh, jail— four times well, for the same thing not getting in trouble again not a new right the same yeah, right that's yeah. how they that's how they do that's it that's how they get you right that same first cr- keeps pushing you back. Mm. yeah yeah so then that's 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 that last time when they sent me to um they call it up the road but when they sent me to state prison from jail um is when I started Doing music, I I actually would memorize the beats from the songs that were on the radio, okay, and then I would like you know practice rapping over them. But the thing about that was, well, is um, I, I literally like prior to that, I did like stuff with like go go music, which is local music in the D.C. area, stuff like that. But I never really did music, so I was a tutor and a barber in jail. Oh well, yeah. So everybody what's your knew tutor. Me. Uh, to help people get their GEDs. Learn, learn to read and stuff? Yeah, well, well, more so like a little more advanced than that, like just whatever it would take, like algebra, things like that, okay. to, to basically get your GED. Because you're smart. Yeah, I mean, that's what they say, you know. <laughs> 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 I mean, like you can feel I'm one of the smarter people here, yeah. so let me help you out. Um, well, they gave me the pre-GED test, and I think I only got, like, one or two thing, questions wrong. Okay. So then it was just something to do. You know, you get paid a uh, dollar a day or something <laughs> So when when you When you start saying, okay,
0: this is how I'm going to get out of my situation be a rapper, right? Like, is that the conversation? Is that happening, like, on the bus, or is that, like, while you're in the prison of, like,
1: this is how I'm going to— Um, prison, it just was a natural thing that drew me to it. Like, I would remember the beats, and I'm like, let me just try something. Like, I'm I'm inspired to write, and that's what kind of sparked it. But the inmates told me I was good, so I was like, all right, let me try this when I get out. So that gave you the confidence. Yeah, exactly. But what was the plan? You made a plan there.
0: What was the plan?
1: Yeah, I literally wrote it down in my book. I still have the book to this day. Wow. Um... I just saw it recently. Actually, uh, I wrote all the stuff I was gonna do, all the brands because I was reading the GQ magazines. So I was like, all the brands that I wanted to wear that nobody's really wearing, you know, things like that. I wrote it all down, and I said, when I get out, I'ma go for it. Wait, what? What was the plan? Um, the plan was to make a mixtape. Okay, it's really simple. Okay, like, but I came with my name, IDK, all of that in 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 uh, uh, prison, but. The plan was just to do a mixtape and go back to school and just become a local rapper, but I ended up just focusing on making music and never registering for classes, and then <laughs> never and went here to we school. are. Yeah. Wow.
0: So wait, so your rhyming starts with you listening to Kendrick and Cole, Yeah. right? Like, who, who else are some of the important influences?
1: Well, there's a few people, obviously, early in my life, like, people like Wale, obviously, like... Yeah. Uh, people like Con- uh, Kanye West and, and stuff I got into jay-Z a little later I like watched the throne okay but w- what what um I was actually talking to Jay Cole about this the other day and I was like man I actually you were the reason why you were what made me realize you can rap really uh clever and tell stories so I I, I knew rap was good I always loved rap and and Wayne was probably my first introduction to like metaphors and like how clever you could get. But then Cole and Kendrick Lamar, I was listening to J Cole's first album, Cole World, and then um, Kendrick Lamar's Section Eighty prior to me getting locked up. So me listening to those two albums, those were the last um, impressions of music in my mind until I went to state because uh, state prison they give you a radio, but in uh, Jail, you don't have no radio, no nothing. Whatever's on BT or whatever, those you know, that's all you could watch. So, shit, yeah, she I can't... remember. Go ahead. I remember being in jail and seeing ASAP Rocky for the first time on 106 in Park. Yes, yeah, hell yeah, that was the first hell time yeah. I ever saw ASAP Rocky.
0: How are you at all traumatized from having been in and out of prison that whole period in your life?
1: Ah, never, never. Like I'm, I actually look at it as a blessing. Really? How I'm happy because. Not too many people can experience state prison and and be young enough, one, to get out and still experience life, real sure. life. yeah, but also, um, you know, be able to get out. Yeah. most people there have 20 years, 30 years. I had a unique situation where I got sentenced to 15 years, It got suspended to three years, and I violated home detention after two years. So I only had to do one year and parole out in seven months where it made it kind of like if it was anything less than 18 months, I would have had to do that in jail. So that's everybody who has 18 months or less or still fighting a charge. But because I did it in state prison, I mean, uh, because I had three years total, even though I only had a year left, they still made me go to do it for the state. So. It's,
0: crazy. it's crazy. So uh, F-65 f- – is the new album. Yeah. It's interesting. It's extremely musical, right? There's a lot of brightness to it. Yeah. We get the, the lyrics and the flows and the, the hip hop of it, but it's, it's very, it's very bright. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah,
1: it's, it's supposed to be a conversation about like, you know, what it feels like to be a person of color, specifically a black person around the world, but the conversation is supposed to feel good. I feel like, you know, over time, we've been so angry with good reason about our history and our past that it's been hard to have that conversation without um, emotion or, or anger. So I just felt like maybe there's, through music, I can kind of mute some of the anger, even if I'm saying things that obviously are angry or upset. The feeling of the music could like give it that juxtaposition that would deliver the message a lot better. You you give me some of the vibe of a tribe called
0: Quest, yeah, Farside, and yeah. even like Roy Ayers and '70s
1: soul music. Is that what you were thinking about? Yeah, I, so I was, I was speaking to Ali Shahid uh, four Muhammad, yes. four days ago, and uh, he he, uh, I was telling him like I when I put this album together, I wanted to feel, I wanted it to feel like a modern day version of what Tribe would do. Uh, you know, obviously the feeling of the upright bass and all of the jazz elements, but then change the drums to be a little bit more current. So, uh, yeah, yeah, he he supported that heavily. Do you play any instruments? Um, I like on this album, I played bass a little bit, oh. like stuff like that. I'm more like piano and bass, not really bass. Like I just this is literally my first time playing the bass. Oh well, wow. on the song Telecalore, I, I played it, it as a very simple riff, but I I I did that and then I um. Played a lot of piano stuff. I'm okay. not great at piano, but I can hold it down. But
0: so where you're getting your music for this record, are you going to producers and saying, give me something that sounds like this? Or are you working with people to create from the ground up?
1: Yeah, I think a little bit of, of both, but I never really like to ask producers like to give me something. Like producers always ask me, What's your vibe? What are you looking for? Right. I'm like, I'm looking for your vibe. And you just send me a bunch of things, and then I find what I like, and I might strip the drums and take this out or edit it or whatever. Sometimes I start from scratch. A lot of times I, I uh, dream about beats, and then I wake up and immediately record it on my, my phone, and then I go and recreate it in a studio.
0: You dream about
1: beats? Yeah, yeah, and songs and melodies and hooks, like, uh, a lot of times. Like, what's that like? Um, I, it's something that I realize, like, w- when it comes to making music— you kind of have to really, like, tap into, I always say, that thing, whatever that thing is, and let that guide you through creating it. And when it comes to me in a dream, it means I have to make it. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So it doesn't happen every day, you know. It's like, I'll say the dream thing happens once every three months, maybe. Okay. Where I come up with an uh, idea in my dreams, so I have to record it. But you're kind of thinking in music all the time. Yeah yeah well it depends um i have an on and off switch uh when i'm when i'm creative i'm creative when it's time to kind of handle business and stuff like that i kind of switch it interesting interesting yeah. um how do you write i usually write i mean the technical writing i don't <laughs> really write um right you you just, just kind of get on the mic and, right and then it comes out but you know do you know what you're gonna say before you say it or not really kind of to an extent but not really no i say it and then i listen to it and if i like it i keep it and i say another line and i say another line and then next thing you know it's this whole story (laughs) yeah so you go into the studio not knowing what you're gonna say more more now than ever when when wayne said um um i don't write shit because i ain't got time i really feel that more (laughs) more and more now because i really just don't have time to sit down and write a whole song I just go on the mic and and I, I like, if it's like, yo, let's do a song today, it's no problem. It's like, cool. It's just put the mic in front of me, put the beat on, it, and it just happens. How long would that take? It could take me 15 minutes.
0: 15 minutes?
1: Yeah. I would be scared
0: to have a beat and not know what I'm gonna say, right? And like figuring it out in the minute. I'd be like, I need I, <laughs> I need yeah, some time because yeah. you're not just spitting. Yeah, you're yeah. you know you're making points. You have a thesis. You're like you know these are like you know lyricist lyrics. Yeah, yeah.
1: So it's it's amazing you can get to that without preparing before the moment. Yeah, it took time. It took time to get to that level. I've done my ten thousand hours like three times already. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what does that mean? Like just sitting there writing at home all the time? Yeah, it started out writing a lot of writing. And then it became like, all right, let me just get on the mic and see what happens. And that was okay, but then it got better and better and better. Then I realized if I just let it go and don't overthink and tap into that thing that I uh, spoke of earlier, it it just always does the job for me. It always has to come from the heart, though. Of course. Of course. Mm -hmm. But you're known for your lyrics. Mm -hmm. Um, Does
0: that not make you feel pressure each time you start to do a new song because no. you have a name you have a reputation mm-hmm. you know you got to keep meeting
1: or beating that standard no nah, i don't create art with pressure i think the only pressure is how can i get the world to hear this message or whatever i have to speak of but i don't create with pressure that if there is pressure i won't create so wait, you know one of the things that I like about
0: you and about emceeing in general is flow. Right? Yeah. And yeah. a great emcee is like in the mid. But when you're writing in the moment, how are you fi- like? Do you kind of find the flow first and
1: then put in the words to that? Like, how does that? Maybe, maybe that could be what it is. But um, it's just it's just so little thought to it. It's it's more feeling. Um, I think I get the best flows when I don't think about it. The hmm. more I don't think about it, the more I just go mindless. The, because it's like I make hundreds of songs. So it's like you kind of got to realize like it's okay to try something. It doesn't have to be perfect every time, you know. So I just kind of do that and then the flow kind of comes. That's deep. That's yeah. deep. So you're talking about partly about black manhood,
0: right, and what it is to be black. What is the What is the story, what is the thesis that
1: you are making about that? It's a very general conversation with a white person um, or a group of white people um, and basically saying, hey, this is my life. This is me as a black man. This this. This is the story of this kind of black man. This is my particular story. This is my love life. This is how hard it is for me at times, how maybe easy it is for me at times, this is why I think the way that I think. This is what I come from. I'm just painting a picture of a world um, that that is, that is created uh, to incite conversation. That's I just really want people to have a conversation. I love that there's a whole thesis and concept
0: because a lot of times we make songs, yeah, and there's a kind of a relationship between them, but yeah. not really, yeah. you know. But for like to me, for an album it all is a cohesive point sonically and thematically it like makes a point Yeah, um, I appreciate that but when you the white people you envision yourself talking to cause because nowadays right that's complicated right there's some white people who like are allies or call themselves allies and like want to have a conversation to truly understand what you're going through right mm-hmm, and respect mm-hmm. I don't know Right, and then there's white people who are like Racism doesn't exist. Slavery was a long time ago. Stop whining and crying. Uh And you're like, I, I, want to smack you. Right. right, right. (laughs) I cannot talk to you. Right. There's no. You refuse. I saw this phrase the other day. Um, like, like, I think it was feigned ignorance. Like they don't want. Like as many times as it's been explained, they don't want to understand. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. Um. So what
1: sort of white person are you envisioning yourself in this conversation with? Well, well, I, IDK. My name IDK stands for ignorantly delivering knowledge. So it's kind of like whatever person feels the connection to the music, and and is willing to give the time to listen to it. That's really who who it's for. Um, it's not it's not out of anger. It's not try to forcefully get anybody to understand anything. It's for you to not even realize you're understanding something until you understand it. Um, I, I first want everybody to enjoy the music. That's really all I care about first. Yeah. And I want, through enjoying the music, uh, it's it's kind of like how I feel about um, Lauryn Hill, uh, Miss Education. As a kid, I had no idea what the album was about. I just loved the music. Right. And I always continued to love the music until recently when I kind of started to understand what she was trying to say and the message she was trying to deliver and where her heart was in creating it. So And, and that made the album deeper for you. Exactly. But... First and foremost is, does it feel good? Do I like it? Yeah. And that's important. I, I understand rappers that try to uh, quote-unquote preach or try to give you a message, sometimes a harsh one, but I think music should always be I- enjoyable or it should be an outlet um, first. Um, that's why lyricism is not as important to me as people may think. What do you mean it's not that important to you? Um, lyricism is... Not that important to me because um you could have the greatest lyrics in the world and no one feels you, you sure know? it's feeling first and if and if i could feel the music then i like it I, the kind of music i listen to like a lot of people would not expect maybe because of i don't know how cerebral i am and how much i think about things but i like the music that feels the, the most mindless almost because i can i can feel that person I can tell that that person doesn't care about what you think, they're just saying what they feel. Like who are you referring to? I love like Kodak Black, that's one of my favorite rappers. And he just kind of just, you know, obviously he thinks about things he says too, and he has stories and he's really good at like that. But also you could tell that it's a feeling first. Um, and who he is is who who who, he's, who he says he is in his music is who he is in the media and everything else, so.
0: I mean, I think there's like with lyricism, like a
1: real lyricist, Mm -hmm. the beginning
0: of it is going to probably hit you in the head as you're like, oh, wow, he rhymed that and that. Like, he's doing this. He said this. He made this point about the global industrial complex or the white man or whatever. Like, oh, shit. And then as he goes through it, and he starts saying some shit that hit you here about, you know, like, oh, because I didn't have my dad. Blah, 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 and you're mm-hmm. like, whoa, you know, my mom, whatever. Like, and then you're starting to feel it in the heart, right? Mm-hmm. And and they're going to start to, like, like grab you down there. And yeah. if they're not able to really touch you in both places,
1: it's not really all the way there. Yeah, yeah. And for me, I think about, like, people, like, growing up right now and and people back in, like, Southeast D.C. or P.G. County, Maryland, like those are the people who, who I look at as the next generation, especially of black people that are going to bring change and probably need it the most. And, and I, I understand what they feel and what they listen to. And I, quite frankly, it's not necessarily uh, what we deem as great hip-hop or rap. It's just what, who's, who's, who's speaking of a lifestyle they either live or want to live. And and I pay attention to that, you know. We live in a world where you can get
0: anything you need delivered to your door thanks to DoorDash. If you don't want to do the dishes or you feel a little sick, let DoorDash bring dinner tonight. My family uses DoorDash Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. So, wait, so you, I want to go back for a second. You talked about the messages that we get from hip-hop. Mm-hmm. I think there is a message in almost every rap song, mm-hmm. and the message usually is, I'm the shit. Yeah. Right? Either because I rhyme good, because I got girls, because I got money— Cause um, you know I'm down with you know Rockefeller whatever it is, mm-hmm. right? You're ultimately saying, I'm, and you might be making a point about you know mass incarceration or what it's like in the Bronx or or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know when a girl hurts your feelings, whatever. But like ultimately, most rap songs are about I'm the shit, right? Right. Yeah, for sure. But to be uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. That's dumb. I mean, for a group of people who have been, you know, oppressed for four or 500 years, whatever, mm-hmm. like, to have a bunch of men to be like, I'm the
1: shit. Like, we need to hear that. Yeah, for sure. I think um, to change the people, you have to be of the people. And being of the people sometimes requires uh, being a part of what influences them. And I personally, at 17, 16 when i was getting in trouble i wouldn't have been listening to the positive role model that's right. not what would have spoke to me it would have been the people that i deemed as cool so for me it's like if i if i'm if i'm listening to somebody that's cool but then they do something like oh yeah but i went to harvard too and it's like oh wait going to harvard is cool maybe i i want to do that i want to be like that you know, and uh, I think it's like parents. It's like I think the parents who have the most influence over their children aren't the ones that are the most strict, the most angry or yelling or the ones that are feared or even the, it's the ones that they believe are cool. Like it's but like the kids think the parents. Cool. Yeah. Like if you're if you're Your a parent, kids? you know, I don't no kids, no. But I feel like it's like kids don't think their parents are cool. Most of the time. There's some <laughs> that do though. There's a few. And especially if kids, other kids like in school are like, yo, your parents are so what look how he dresses, how you know, stuff like I that. I mean,
0: they might they they may respect their parents, right? But they're they're definitely like
1: y'all you know. <laughs> And when I say cool, I mean just a role model that they look up sure, to. Sure, sure. You know sure, what I mean? Sure, yeah, yeah. Like and and I think, like, again, like, when we go back to, like, the hood and, like, how a lot of people think, it's, like, they see, like, Kodak Black and they see themselves or their future self in him. You know, you could even say that about, like, the drug dealers and stuff like that where everyone always talks about that story of the drug dealers have the nice cars and all the girls and everyone wants to be like them. It's like being somebody that people want to be like, you know, that's why – Partnerships with, like, Nike and and stuff like that are so important to me because I'm taking the stuff that I know I would have wanted and using it as a canvas to tell an important story and paint an important story.
0: So, okay, wait. PG County, where are you from?
1: PG County, Maryland. Where? Um, It's, like, called Glendale, so it's in between Bowie, Lanham, and Glenard in Maryland. So you're part of D.C., Culture, Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: You hung out in D.C. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's talk about D.C. and Mm -hmm. hip-hop. Because every other major American city where there's a lot of black people yeah, has had a major rap scene over decades and had a major influence. Yeah. Except for D.C. Yeah, yeah. And I've tried to talk about this with D.C. people. They get a little defensive on it, but they all say, well, it's because of Go-Go. And I'm like, yo, we are 50 years into the hip hop movement, mm-hmm. and I know there's a lot of cool people in DC. And yeah. I'm like, really, not that many people wanted to go into hip hop from, yeah.
1: Like, I, I I don't understand. Help me understand what's going on. Well, I think that like, GoGo does have a lot to do with that. Anyone who's saying arguing with you on that is probably just in denial because I I just had this conversation recently. Um, I made a joke, and I was like, "Man, until our basketball and football team like really starts killing it, we we're never gonna have a hip hop scene." <laughs> but ah! but uh, but, uh, but now nah, it's it's just really but, like. But
0: it's really like where there's a drug scene, a rap scene pops off, really? and y'all got a crazy, or at least you had in the Rayful and all that. You had a
1: crazy drug scene. Yeah, but I think that the the focus was always go go music. Uh, it wasn't rap. It was actually uncool to rap at a certain point. Really? Yeah, if you were trying to be a rapper, it wasn't cool. Why? Because Go-Go was cool. Wow. That's what it was. It just was, that's what it was. But y'all are
0: aware, while you're saying that internally, you're aware hip-hop is the shit and everyone's listening to hip-hop.
1: I think it goes back to that conversation of feeling. Not everybody thinks that deep. They just move with what they feel. Mm. And people were feeling go-go. So it wasn't about, oh, rap is, is big. It's like, this is what we feeling like. We like this. We like going to the go-go's. We like seeing BYB. We like seeing TOB. We like seeing TCB. You know what I mean? That's what it was. So I think it wasn't so much thought about what was bigger or not. Right. And also the, the ability to dream is, is important too because even if it wasn't the biggest thing, we probably believed it would be. Go-Go. Yeah, yeah. But the ability to dream, you're saying a lot of people don't have that vision. We have it. That's what I'm saying. We probably loved it so much that we're like, oh, they'll catch up to us. Oh, you thought Go-Go will be. (laughs) Yeah, and it could have, but it just was really violent and a lot of uh, things came out of the Go-Go scene, so they shut down a lot of it. Wait, what happened that shut down the Go-Go scene? Um, A lot of the clubs attracted people who would beef with other people and you know fight and have killings and all kinds of things so they started to shut down the go-go scene they've even been trying to do it now still they're trying to shut it down now yeah it's a little bit of that going on for sure so is there a go-go influence in your music yeah always <clears throat> i do like there's a lot of stuff like uh the song A50 The co-chorus, that's, like, something that would be on uh, a go-go song. We on top. We on top. Very repetitive, you know. It has a bounce to it, you know. Interesting. Um, So, wait, you're wearing shoes
0: that you made with Nike. Yeah, yeah. That is crazy to me.
1: (laughs) And you've made five shoes with them now? This would be, yeah. This would be the – well, I've done a few other ideas – but um, this would be the – I did five Air Maxes with them. Wait, what is the process of doing an Air Max with Nike like? Um, it's like, you know, them letting you know what product they really want to focus on. And then you going back and forth trying to figure out, well, I want to do an Air Force One, but maybe this one is what they're focused on. And you say, okay, how can I make this me? And then you you do it like that. Me, the way my process is is, how, what story do I want to tell? And then I research that story, and then I live in that story, and then I take elements of that story and I put it together in the form of design. And this the story that this tells is, uh, you know, this this shoe. When you look at it, you wouldn't you wouldn't know this, but it says says transatlantic slavery all over it. Um, Where. I, <laughs> well, it doesn't literally say it, but uh-huh. well, show them show show uh, the, the shoe so they can. Oh, yeah. So Ooh. basically, the green, lime green is what happens when you take the yellow um, from um, the Ghanaian flag and the blue from the Sierra Leonean flag. And you put them together, you get lime green. Um, basically, the entire shoe is made out of the Sierra Leonean and Ghanaian flag put together. Uh, Sierra Leone was where a lot of slaves were freed in Freetown. Ghana is where a lot of slaves came from Cape Coast to Georgetown Um, and and just America in general. So, you know, a lot of people don't understand that. A lot of people don't know about the Middle Passage. You know, this sneaker is basically taking the concept of what the Middle Passage was. Wait, what is the black, how does the black and white relate to the Middle Passage? Well, this, the black and white specifically is because I had a race suit. You had a what? Racing suit. Okay. Because F65 is basically telling the story of race, color of skin, through motorsport race. Okay. So, basically, um, I had a racing suit, I had the whole F1 concept. So, the checkered uh, black and white is from the checkered flag, the racing flag. Okay. So, it's race. You get what I'm saying? Okay. Race yeah, race. Yeah. That's what that is about. And then the colors come from the two flags. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy.
0: You're thinking a lot.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're
0: pulling together a lot of different strands.
1: Yeah, but the great thing about my art and what I want to make clear is it's not about all those things. That's, That's for you to ask questions like you did. It's like, why is it this color? Then you get an answer. Not... Hey, everyone should understand this shoe when they see it. Hey, everyone should understand this music when they hear it. I don't operate like that.
0: No, I appreciate that because there's definitely a lot of art in many fields where the artist puts it out and you couldn't decipher it all on your own. And you got to interrogate it and look at the interviews and go to the blogs
1: to figure out like – What was
0: he saying there? What was she saying there? Oh, okay, this relates to this and that.
1: Yeah, the most important part is not that. The most important part is do you like it? And if you like it, do you love it? And then do you love it enough to learn about it? And then when you learn about it, you understand it. Um, If I sit there and tell everybody all of this stuff all day long, if they don't care, they don't care. Right. But if you take the time to ask, you're more likely to be receptive to me. But if I like the song, the sneaker, the movie, whatever
0: it is— and then there's this whole other story to follow and see oh he put that because of this and that and now I'm even more energized cause like oh wow like there's this whole story of discovery that I was able to untangle mm-hmm. and I originally liked yeah. the song, the shirt, the right, whatever right
1: right right and that's literally how my art is so wait who's your top 5 MC's all time? Uh, that's, that's, that changes all the time number 1 it's kind of easy for me. It's uh, Lauren Hill.
0: Okay, Lauren Hill, number one all the time.
1: Yeah, yep. Even with one album, right? That's probably a big reason why. It's like you could do one album and have this much impact. It's well, crazy. the score is a huge impact on
0: her reputation as well. Well, yeah, that too, of course. Right. Of it's course. it's a group record. So I guess I guess a... you can give
1: it give her credit for that for yeah. sure. Of course, yes, yeah. yes. So
0: wow. Okay, Lauren, number one.
1: Who? What else you got? Um, as a group, Tribe Called Quest. Um, Wait,
0: who's better in a Tribe Called
1: Quest? I, I think it's just a, it's a collective, man. I think um, as a whole, tribe is 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 uh, is important because of because I don't know that I listen to anyone's solo albums too much. Okay, no no disrespect, but no. I think like Midnight Marauder is one of my all time favorite albums.
0: You like Midnight Marauders. Or Low End Theory better?
1: I like Midnight Marauders better. I understand why people say Low End. It's like, kind of like Off the Wall and Thriller. Like th- th- Thriller is a better album technically for sure. Um, but a lot of people will say Off the Wall because maybe they have songs that they connect with. or Maybe it was their first time. I mean, it was his first album, you know? Right, solo. It was his
0: first solo album, right? Well, you know, I disagree with the Michael Jackson thing mm-hmm. because Off the Wall is an album, like we talked about. It, it is a s- cohesive, sonic document. There is a point that he's making in terms of the sound, um, in terms of what he's saying in the songs. Mm-hmm. Thriller functions more like a greatest hits album in that, like, yeah, the yeah. production level, are probably more expensive. Yeah, yeah. But it's the song, The songs don't relate to each other. It doesn't make a point the way off the walls, like, this is the the zenith of disco.
1: I understand that part, but I think that like the credit that I have to give Thriller is the songwriting, uh, like the the quality per song was definitely a lot different from the mixes, the sonics, songwriting, uh, arrangement, all of those things. I I, I know that as a lot of people say, when you have an album, it kind of has to tell the story and all of these things. And I think if that's what you're looking for in art, yes, for sure. But when I listen to it, technically, it is a better album to me in the sense of the, you know, quality-wise, everything is just, in my opinion, better. Yeah. I think it's like him, uh, Michael Jackson, taking what he was and just enhancing it. And then I think there's another part to this that a lot of people don't um, give credit to when it comes to an album. It's kind of like Michael Jordan. It's like when you compare him to another basketball player and people say that, I say, Michael Jordan or his stats. Like when it came to Michael Jackson, I think he that's the album that created the icon, you know, that we we know as Michael Jackson. I I think so. I think so. I mean, Thriller, you know,
0: it makes him this global household ridiculous name. But he was a
1: superstar from what, age 12? Nah, that moonwalk, man. You can't, you can't even, the, like, play around with that. The, but the that,
0: the moonwalk ele- elevated him further, but the reason why everybody in America... I mean, I, I saw that when it happened with right. my mom and my sister members sitting in the living room and we're like, holy shit, did you see what he just did? That was amazing. Uh, he was... Like, we all came to that show waiting for that moment because he was already this gigantic superstar.
1: Right. I, I'll say, I gotta argue with you on that one because... I think Michael Jackson pre Moonwalk was like Michael Jordan pre dunk. It was like the dunk is what made that shoe, that brand, that iconic Michael Jordan moment.
0: Wait, the 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 moment for the Air Jordan was when they banned it. I mean, because it wasn't the right colors, and
1: when they banned it, then. Then everyone's like, "Oh,
0: we we gotta buy the sneaker.
1: Right, right. But but that's what I'm just saying is Michael Jordan as a whole, just you know that was definitely a great moment. But Michael Jordan as a whole, I think, became like an icon around the same time that logo was created. So that was about the three, the Jordan threes. When that moonwalk happened, that was when this was like, all right, Michael Jordan. I mean, Michael Jackson is no longer a human being. You know, and that's that's what I mean by that. It's like this is unreal. This is a pop star. This is an untouchable human being. You get what I'm saying? So let's
0: loop back or to where we regional. started. I like Low End Theory better a than lot Midnight of Marauders, like that, like. and Midnight Marauders is incredible. Yeah, right? yes. I feel like Low End Theory is the heart of who they are. Right? As as jazzy, yeah, as yeah. bright, as you know, like and Midnight Marauders is you know it's it, 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 it's a little more, let's say maturation, but to me, uh, low in theory
1: hits harder. You know what? I think this is one of the classic cases of I've been following an artist throughout their career and I've and I have these memories and ties to this project and and then we so even if technically this is maybe better. I'm connected with this one. That's how I feel about low-end low theory because I started actually with Midnight Murata and then I went to low-end theory and then I got a chance to consume both of them. And although low-end theory is amazing, just just technically the sharpness of everybody's pen, the cadences, the pockets, the quality of the mixes, all of that just kind of increased. It's like it's funny because it's like, I love Hiatus Coyote, right? Their Choose Your Weapon album... Versus the newer one, I go with Choose Your Weapon a lot better because I don't know what it was, but the mixes, everything was a lot more clean than on their newer album. That technically, I think, was their best album. So wait, Snoop on The Chronic or Snoop on Doggy Style? Um, I never really got to understand Doggy Style as much, so I'm going to probably, from what I know, oh, man, but I... There's some important songs on Doggy Style. Even without consuming that whole album, I still gotta go with Chronic, though. Okay, I think fine, I gotta go agree. With <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yo, he roared out the gate
0: with the Chronic. That yeah, that yeah, whole yeah. album is incredible. Yeah. You don't even realize that he's only on like a
1: quarter of the album, right? Right. But right. But it seems right. like, it like his like it's album. So yeah. But um, how'd you get Snoop on your record? Well, that was actually a bite from an interview he did. Uh, but what was funny is. When we went to go clear it, um, he was like, "Yo, can you?" They said, can, uh, "Can I guess?" Snoop wants to be credited as a feature on this. I was like, "I mean, sh- sure, that's cool. You know what I mean?" I'm glad it even got cleared. So, so wait, you you took a sample and he made it a feature? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: He actually he requested. So it. that so so I I think the audience that's not in the industry may not realize that you were supposed to give him D, and he said, "No, no, I
1: want." Ah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was cool because usually, you know, people wanted the other way around. It's like, oh, I didn't come on here like it's like when I worked with MF Doom the second time, it was pieces of a verse that we put together and he he um wasn't really like, all right, because I did this piece, I didn't wanna do it as a feature. But then it became a thing of we would put with MF Doom or whatever the case, we whatever we ended up doing. So um, it's kind of like that. It's like literally like he, he could have just said, nah, he could have just not cleared it. Sure. But he not only cleared it, but he's like, yeah, you know, we'll come. But in. he asked for more. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it didn't change the economics of it or anything. It didn't. No, 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 no. It oh, didn't. I would it think did. that. It's just more like he could, it's more of his stamp of approval. Okay. You get okay. what I'm saying? Yeah, it didn't change the economics. So wait, I want to talk about
0: working with Benny on this, Benny Butcher on this album, but, but Doom was earlier.
1: Doom, yeah. And Doom. Doom is incredible. Yeah. What was it like working with him? Well, he was overseas in, in uh, I, I think it was like Belize or the Bahamas or something like that. You could even hear like the crickets in the background of the recording wow. from huh. outside. Like, huh. yeah, you could tell he was in like a probably kind of rural type of area. But um, it came through Adult Swim. I was like, hey, I know this is probably impossible and I'm probably tripping, but I was like, I think I could try to get a feature from MF Doom. And he's like, yo, I, he never does them, but let's try. And uh, about three weeks later, I get a message saying, Doom wants to know the concept of the song. And then uh, What is the response to that? I think I jumped up, like, <laughs> wow, I can't believe this is happening. <laughs> That's I, I was like, I went, like," and then they sent the verse. Two weeks later, after that, I couldn't even believe it. I really just couldn't
0: believe it. I mean, that's got to be a nice validation as an artist yeah. that that an elite like that knows you, likes you,
1: wants to rock with you. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. I've been getting a lot of those lately. Same thing with Jay Electronica. It was like he just, he and this is fresh off of the album with um, Hove. Uh, he just kind of was like, he was just like, "Yo, um, man, I love what you're doing. You have really good taste. I don't like to do features often, but for you, I'll get this done." And it took him like seven months. <laughs>
0: <laughs> ah,
1: that seems quick for Jay. What in the was it? in the middle of it, it Pat he Pat uh, Doom passed, and, and he I remember he DM me like, "Now we really got to do this." Wow. So he came with that feature. Whoa. Yeah. what was that like because he's he's one of my favorite MCs. oh man that was like first of all was, you had to have a lot of patience <laughs> that's the first thing but when i got it back and just what he was saying and and i mean i was like man i almost wanted to give him his own song sure. i was gonna separate it and just put it as its own piece You know, because I had had produced that beat anyway. So I'm like, at least I made the beat. (laughs) You know? And then it was just going to be him alone. But I was like, I I found a way to put it in.
0: I mean, he talks about spiritual, philosophical stuff, like nobody. Yeah. And I'm like, you took my mind
1: on a journey in 16. I love you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's great. He's great uh, for that. Very descriptive, but. Uh, you definitely need like a dictionary and and everything when you're like trying to understand. <laughs> and Google, C, Google too, exhi- definitely Google. Exhibit
0: C is one of my favorite records of all time. Yeah, that's how I first heard about him. It yeah, was, it's 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 just a memoir, right? From from and, and you know, and I'm like the the way that his life expands as as the story goes on. Mm-hmm.
1: It's crazy. Yeah, no, it's he's 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 the goat man and and that's why being able to get that feature for me was a uh, an extremely uh uh big blessing and that's why I don't like hesitate to get try to get features from people because some of the hardest artists to reach for some reason rock with me i have a similar story with Andre 3000 where it's like i i met him um at a dinner uh and He came up to me and was like, Hey, man, you know, I got my ear to the streets. I know about what you got going on. I I like what you're doing. Uh, I would love to get in the studio with you sometime. I swear to God. Shut up. And I just was like, Yo, I remember looking at him like, "Um, Yeah, I mean, shoot. Like, Yeah, what's your number? And in my mind, I was like, The fuck, Andre 3000 doesn't have a phone. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, why would I ask him such a stupid question? And then he took my phone and put his number in. He actually put the number in wrong at first, looked at it, backed it up, changed it, and then put it in. And now I was texting him, and I just remember he was, like, texting me back. It was, like, a whole thing. And then he just disappeared. (laughs) 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 Yeah, yeah. Yo, I got with
0: him once. I remember a couple times, but I was doing a story on them for Rolling Stone. And I'm straight meat eater yeah. every meal. Yeah, chicken, yeah, yeah. steak, burger, whatever. Yeah. Brother takes me to this vegan restaurant. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't see Anything on the yeah, menu sure I like, what? but I'm the, rep, right? I'm the journalist. I got to be cool. I can't be like, I don't like the menu. Like, that's like, yeah. um, sure. I'll have some potato scallions or whatever. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like,
0: just try to play it off. Like, no, this is fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. salad. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> he was happy. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so wait, who else have you linked with? Gotten close to,
1: but it didn't quite work out. Uh, Tyler, the creator, was supposed to do a verse for me on a song called uh, Porno that I have on uh, my album, Is He Real? But And it, this is fresh off of, like, um, Igor. So it just came out. He's the hottest shit ever. And then he's like, yeah, I'll pull up to your house at 9 in the morning. And he comes in a McLaren. Um, to your house? Yeah. <gasps> pulls up and listens to my entire it wasn't out at the time entire album top to bottom it's like yo, in the, I'm the house really, or in the car in the house yeah and he's like yo i'm really excited for this um i gotta get on this i gotta get on it and then he looks at his phone he's like oh shit we just announced flogging and then like so everything's blowing up on his phone he's got on a couple calls and he stayed there for like two three hours um and then he just kept like trying to get the verse done, get it done, but he's doing all of this stuff. And I know what's going on with, what was going on, especially now, because I'm dealing with that now, where I'm like, I really wanna do something for somebody, but finding the time's not easy. So I understood that. But um yeah, he was supposed to do something for me for that album. So maybe in the future I'm sure we'll figure something out. You talk to Jay about getting on a song? That was that was actually somebody who I really wanted to Get on this album, um, Tala I, I was talking to Lenny and Guru, and they all felt the idea. I just timing wise, I don't. I don't think we were able to connect. So, but I, I was like, it was. It was. It, I felt like if he heard the song, he would have done it. What does eating healthy mean to you? Whatever your eating goals.
0: from Tinderfoot TV, Campside Media and iHeart Podcasts, Radical is available now. Listen to the new podcast Radical for free on the iHeart Radio app or wherever you get your podcasts. I mean, it seems like you're, these connections you're making with your with you, with the other rappers. It's not you like, hey, get on my song. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 there's more vibe, there's more yes relationship, right? Like, we got we to gotta kind of know each other. Always. And then we can talk about that th- other thing.
1: Yeah, I think that's how you always have to do it. Um, you never want to make art transactional. You want to try to make it as organic as possible. And to be honest, I just let the music speak. You know, I like, even with Hove, it wasn't necessarily like, hey, do this song. It was like, hey, I think you should listen to it, and if you feel it, I would love for you to do it. And I believe if he heard that song in that moment, he probably would have done it So if he had the time. Yeah. So do you end up paying for features or is it a trade situation? Uh, Most of the time it's really just a trade situation. One thing I'll say is a lot of the older artists um, sometimes, you know, want to get paid and things like that, which we understand. Like like I remember I worked with Slick Rick. He did that obviously because he wanted to work with me and it was dope and it made sense, you know, but a lot of the older artists – Tend to maybe just want the fee because I'm on a record label, so they're not looking at it like it's your money out of your pocket. You know what I mean? Right. So I wish I would try right. to get. I mean, I think fans don't
0: necessarily know some of those features are paid for, but some of them are. I like you. Yeah. I'll but, jump on your record someday. You jump on mine. Right.
1: But it's it's not so much like hey, I got this money, get on this song. I don't really operate like that. Right. It's like yeah, I got this song. What do you think about it? And then you get you may get a bill later. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh
0: so, maybe. Oh, oh, so you're presenting an opportunity. You may or may not, right? Like, like I, I want you, right? Yeah. Come rock with me. And they might do it, and then you might get a bill, you might not.
1: Yeah, maybe. Maybe. It just depends. And sometimes it, maybe the bill is not even them. It's their manager or somebody. Sure. Or the label might even try to charge you. It's not always them, you know what I mean? So right. It just depends. Depends. <laughs> yeah, but, but we've gotten some crazy stuff for nothing, so... Uh, you know it's a good trade off what's the craziest one mm, in terms of like what it did for me yeah Offset you know he came to the studio we did a song and, and it was like on the radio it did really well for me and then um, it, it kind of took my streaming to a whole nother level shout out to him for that he's like I'm not charging you nothing man like
0: Offset more than anybody else you've talked about <laughs>
1: changed your trajectory um um at that time yeah because he brought a, a completely new audience and put me in a whole new bracket of like streaming and things like that so for sure shout out to him benny the butcher is on this record yeah and he's another killer mc yeah yeah, yeah. how'd that come about dm I just, no, actually, no, no, no. This is actually, I, I make a joke, but this was the first feature uh, the record label ever got me. Oh, shit. It was like, I played the album. And he's like, yo, I hear Benny on this. I'm like, actually, I kind of hear that too. And then literally, he's like, send me the, the song. And then like three weeks later, the verse came in. And then I connected with Benny. I was like, yo, you killed it. And he's like, Yo, man, appreciate it, man. Let's link up. da-da-da. And then we built the relationship from there.
0: Amazing. So yeah. oh, amazing. Okay. So that came backwards to the other. Yeah, ones. that was
1: never happens like that. Ever. Right. So yeah. wait,
0: when you get a verse back from Benny, an mm-hmm. MC of that caliber, mm-hmm. do you go, Yeah, hey, I should redo my verse? Nope.
1: I don't do that. <laughs> is sure. that is that whack? Um, is that I mean, un, is look, that not man, supposed to be done? Like a lot of people, like are really competitive. So I mean, I, I guess I'm not competitive like that. I, I I I'm not. I'm not in competition with other people. I'm in competition with myself, of course. So when it comes to that, changing my verse, not really. But I'm there's been a, songs you don't have to compete with that, man. But
0: like, damn, he kind of took it to a level that I was going at it a different way. Maybe
1: I need to. Sh- you know, change my shit. I don't think that ever happens. The way I look at rap. For you. Yeah. I think it happens for other people. Maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, think it's, I think the way that I look at rap is, it's about how well did you do you? So it's sure. not really about the bars and all that like that, man. Like, it, it, we make it about that, but it's really about how well did you do you? Did you really? Because there was a verse where I I think I blacked on the verse uh, and then Pusha T got on it. And he said a couple good lines. Don't get it twisted, but the way he raps, how he says it, that voice we so used to that we love, that's really what made it like, yeah, he killed that beat. I mean, I feel you in that
0: if you or somebody does a verse that I'm like nobody else could do that. Only 3000 would say that. Only Nas would say that Mm. whatever. Like then I'm like, wow. Like that's like it would sound. Some of these AIs, Mm -hmm. I'm like, it doesn't sound right Mm -hmm. coming out. Somebody did, I believe it was, I believe it was niggas in Paris, but it was uh, uh, big and and instead of Jay and Kanye. (laughs) Wow, right? And the big verse, I was like, he he's doing a Jay verse. Like I could hear him saying those things. Mm -hmm. But Pac would never say what Kanye would say and, mm-hmm. and vice versa. So I'm like, this doesn't even sound right. Mm-hmm. Pac don't think like that. You don't talk like that. Right, right. Um, but I know them well enough to know this is who you are. That's who you are. Right. right so then you're right. like, you did you to the most of exactly, you. That's the shit.
1: Exactly, Because people know your story. People know what you've been building, what you've been showing them. So it's about doing you. And I And I always try to refer – I don't know, man. To be honest – I don't think when I make music, bro, I just do that shit. Like, I just kind of, like, I get on a mic and I do it and it just all makes sense. That's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. That's crazy. It's really like that. Like, you—and I have, like, some really crazy triple entendre, like, things that I say where I surprise myself and I'm like, damn, I didn't even know my mind thinks—like, I didn't even know I knew that word. Really? Yeah. Like what? Mm. Mm. Obviously— we were just talking about porno, and when I said the line, and I said, Um, what did I say? I said, Um, hold on, hold on. Sorry, let me get to the, the line. It's funny, I know the song from top to bottom, but to get in the middle of it <laughs> it is like different. <laughs> hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. That's uh, funny. Simpson, no OJ. So I said, Um, She yellow and a head on point. It's like her brother's Bart Simpson. No OJ. It ain't fit, so she must have quit. Took my Johnny Cochran out and sit it on her pretty lips, like it was like. <laughs> 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 it, it was like head on point, you know, because Bart Simpson's yeah. sister. Yeah. Yeah. She yellow and a head on point. It's like her brother's Bart Simpson. No OJ. It ain't fit, so she must have quit yeah (laughs) that's crazy yeah
0: wait you seem to know like all the MCs. who's the most fun like who if your phone rings yo i i'm in your city let's hang out tonight who would you be yo tonight's gonna be crazy because so and
1: so is fucking nuts it's not even a rapper Fucking david chappelle bro. <laughs> <laughs> what's that like yeah one time i was i was I was in my house and I was with a girl where you live uh Sherman Oaks California okay I was in my house I was with this girl, and um we were watching one of his stand up uh specials and 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 she said something about a white um Comedian, but she couldn't. We were like talking about Louis C.K., but she thought Louis C.K. was a different person, so she was like, "Who is the guy that I'm thinking of?" So she typed in white comedians, and number one was Dave Chappelle <laughs> on Google. <laughs> so I was like, "Screenshot that to me," and I screenshotted it to him and, I, and I sent it to him. And he was like, "Wow, that's odd, lol." And then he said, "By the way, um, I'm at Peppermint Club tonight, pull up." And then I pulled up. I didn't even know he was in town. He's, I just like, all right, fuck it, get ready, pull up. It's like Justin Bieber's there. I'm seeing like um, uh, Larry Jackson from Apple is there. Uh, it was like, uh, it, it was one of these things where it's like a packed small room. And then he just starts improving and doing knock knock jokes for like yeah. 20 minutes. Yeah. And they're all funny. Yeah. And it was just like, to be able to do that with him, you know, it's great. We went to Paris one time. I'm sitting at the table, it's me, him, Chris Rock, Talib, Kweli, and, and he's just, you know, turning up, drinking a little bit, saying jokes, and it's like, all right, well, let's go to this place. All right, let's go to this place. And it's like three back-to-back shows every night. It's like families there, friends. I mean, then a party after at the hotel. Like, I mean, like the guy has fun. The guy's nuts. Yeah, yeah. Dave Chappelle, man, that's the most fun person to be around. Because then also he's saying jokes the whole time. (laughs) He's saying jokes. But his jokes are, I mean, he can do silly stuff. Yeah. And he loves a fart joke. But he does deep, a lot of deep shit. He's like me, but as a comedian. What do you mean? If you listen from the surface level, you can enjoy it. If you try to listen deeper, you'll realize there's so much more, and you'll enjoy it even more. And you'll enjoy and respect his art. That's why me and him connect. I always tell him that he forces dialogue. That's what I do. Yeah, he's not afraid to say something to force dialogue. People don't realize the dialogue he forces can fix the problem. People are so surface level, like angry on the surface of what was said, but don't realize this guy's a genius and he knows what he's doing. Yeah, so that's why I love his art so much. You know, making this album, I wanted him to be a part of this. Uh, we're actually gonna do something really soon, but I wanted him to be a part of this because he's doing what I do in the form of comedy. What and is? I, what is that you want to do with him? Um, I don't know when this is coming out, but he's he's throwing me a birthday party. Oh shit! But <laughs> Where? Can I come? In LA. Pull up. Pull up. Don't tell me twice because I'll (laughs) get on a plane.
0: Fucking Chappelle party. You kidding? Shit. shit. Tell me when and where right Uh, now on the air. Oh, no, 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 no. no. (laughs) I can't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So wait. So so lastly, you're a planner. You're a life planner, right? It's interesting that you plan your life, but you don't plan your your rhymes. But what is the... What is the next stage, and what do you what
1: do you do to continue to level up from where you are? Uh, the next thing I'm doing is going to be really important. I've done it already, but I'm going to take it to another level. It's, um I teach a music business course at, at, at Harvard. Harvard, yeah, yeah. And 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 this year we're partnering with the Hutchins Center at Harvard, uh, uh, the, the Center of African American um, Art, and basically we're, we're putting. All of that together, to then um, have one big gigantic party, where uh, a lot of people of color will be at Harvard, um, in order to show people that we belong in spaces like that too. Hell yeah! Yeah. Hell yeah! That's what we're doing. Hell yeah!
0: You 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 talked to Marcy Morgan at Harvard. No, no, Marcy. She's the. um,
1: Is that the new president?
0: No, no. She's the hip hop professor. And she has a hip-hop museum
1: there. The hip-hop archive. Yes. We're working with
0: them. Yes. With, with stuff from Japan. Oh, Professor
1: or, Morgan. Yes. Yes, of course. Yes. Mar- when you say Marcy, I'm like,
0: she's a part of what I'm doing. Marcelina Morgan. Yes, yes, yes Professor yes, Morgan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 100%. Yes, no, I love yeah. that. I love she's that. amazing. So wait, so turn the notion of teaching music business, and maybe you can use this in your class, because I want to hear about the bidding war. That happened uh, after is he real? Yeah, uh, before is he? Well, before, I finished making it.
1: You finished before he released, yes. But you finished
0: it, so the world is here. the The industry is hearing it. And the, what? It, wh- who was in it?
1: This war. Um, that was basically. So, to so to just kind of give you context, I was. Um, I had just con- came off of like a few labels wanting to sign me. One being good music. One being like RCA, a few others, but it was they were very normal deals, regular standard early artist deals, which gets you what advance? like a hundred and fifty thousand, something like that. Seven albums, 150,000 yeah yeah something per like that six shit. albums, something like that, uh-huh. maybe five, but okay, uh yeah, but whatever it was, that was around the, the the number that it looked like. and what we did with that was we went ahead and um didn't do any deals. I didn't feel right. It didn't sit right with me. And then I was talking to Top at TDE at the time. And Top um, gave me the idea of, hey, man, just finish your album. You got a little bit of money. Just finish your album and then go to the labels. Don't don't go to the labels now. You can do it yourself. And I thought about it. I'm like, okay, cool. So I kind of took the chronic Dr. Dre approach. I came to the labels with a finished album and um, – Everyone was looking at it like, okay, cool. Like, like it was like I wouldn't take a meeting unless you'd listen to the full album. So it started with Atlantic Records, and I played it for them all the way through, and they were like, this is amazing. And I think two days later, there was an offer on the table. What'd they throw at you? <laughs> I normally don't, don't talk about numbers, but that one was like 500,000. Okay. Events. Okay. So in-pocket events. Okay. Uh, and I was like, wow. The overall deal might have been... T- $3 or something like that. Okay. But oh pocket, it was $500,000. And it, I'd never seen $500,000 in my face, like, to have ever. Right. So that was the first time I ever saw that potentially being in my bank account. And then I was like, you know what? Before I do anything, let's play it for a couple more labels. And it became a thing of playing it for the labels. And every time um, there would be an offer. Who else made an offer? Um, It was obviously Warner, who I'm with now. It was Epic, Sylvia. Sylvia Rhone. Yeah. I think she threw like 900,000 or something like that. Okay. It just kept getting crazier and crazier. And there was just so much hype around this album because everyone was like, people aren't making albums anymore. And and we really want to be a part of this journey. Um, But I went with Warner because when I knew people over there already, I'd worked with them previously. Peter Edge? No, uh, that's uh, RCA. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah. Right. This was um, Aaron Bajak, Tom Corson. Brock at the time was there, and he's who signed me. Um, And then Aisha White, my publicist, she, I knew her. From working with her at, when she was independent, did Warner give you a bigger than Sylvia? Um, overall, yeah, the deal was all the way through, just better. Is it a three sixty deal? No, this was um, this was like a this was basically a deal where I gave them my first album and it was licensed. So I think well Sylvia's deal was a licensed deal too. I, I don't remember exactly all the details that were different. I just remember the main reason was less about the numbers and more about um, the fact that I knew people at Warner. I had met with them three times already, and, and they came in kind of late. So you Epic f- came in, like, at the end, and I'm literally like, I, I didn't feel, even I meet I like no this, one yet. I like this group. I know them at yeah, Warner. Yeah, felt I feel good. comfortable with them. Yeah, yeah. You know, and they were a newer company, new regime, all that so stuff. So
0: wait, so when you get the
1: mill or whatever
0: in your bank account what did you buy I know you went and bought some fuck off thing I
1: had like no I before the money actually hit my account I think I only had left in my account like twenty thousand dollars or fifteen thousand dollars and I spent three quarters of that on a Rolex watch that I gave to my my friend who'd been like, working with me. So I was like, I hope this money hits, because I ain't got no more money left. But
0: what did you buy for yourself?
1: What did I buy? Fuck. I feel like I I invested it in shit like merch and shit like that and more studio equipment. And Okay. Did I buy anything big? I bought a one-of-one a, a one Mad Paris. I don't have it right now. Mad Paris watch. That wasn't that expensive. It was like... But you
0: put most of it into here's my t shirts, Yeah,
1: studio in the house. I already had the studio, so I mean, maybe bought a few more things for sure. Um, man, taxes took a lot of it. I know, right? yeah, yeah, taxes, man. I don't think I lawyer. spent that much of it, man, to be honest. I spent it over time, yeah. Sure. I'm always like a person, like, this is the thing, I don't like. Carry a lot of liquid cash because it's like I don't have kids, I'm down to take risks. I just buy assets and I never have money like liquid cash. Wait, very what little. assets do you like? Uh, how, real estate. I have like three properties now in uh, Cali, two in Cali, one in um uh, on the East Coast in DC area. You're a landlord or Airbnb? One is a, I'm a landlord. Um, I did Airbnb, but the HOA was complaining, so I had to stop. I was making so much money, man! I was killing that on the shit. Airbnb, woo! And was then I in, could come back whenever I wanted. Yeah. Like, was that in Cali? No, that was in LA, uh DC area. Yeah, um, I, I I got like five acres of land in Joshua Tree. I want to I want to build <laughs> something there. I got that early. I got it when it was five acres. Cost me with land, uh, electric and um, water nearby thirty thousand. Shut up! I swear to God. But now it's ridiculous. It don't like I get calls like every week trying to buy developers and stuff like that. You you just trying to hold it? I want to build on it because it's like a it's like a it's like a cat like it's like automatically just by building on it, I'm good. Right, it, right, right. Because the right. land itself is you know it's popping out there. So is real estate your number one thing outside of music? No. Probably not. I, I consulted for Credit Karma. And that was a really big deal. What did
0: you tell Credit Karma?
1: Um, I gave them financial advice. No, how no, could you no, give no, Credit? No, 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 <laughs> <laughs> not really, not literally, but uh, I gave them advice on how to reach, you know, Gen Z marketing and, and market, and and I did a campaign for them and some content that I created and produced, um, and that bought me my second house. <laughs> Hell yeah. Shout out to Credit Karma,
0: they're amazing. Hell yeah! (laughs) Yeah. No, I'm 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 dying to get into real estate, and I'm working on that this year. And I've been working on it. So it's interesting to me, you know what you're talking about, Joshua Tree. They Mm. say like this is a very hot area to buy in. I
1: told everybody, everybody that I told, I told you guys, bring that money. This is the place to do it. You know who listened to me though? Few people. P&B Rock, rest in peace. He bought the lot next to mine. Wow. Um, DJ Trauma, who works with Dave Chappelle, he bought some land through I think my real estate agent, and and a couple people said they were going to do it, but they didn't do it. But man, it's it was a great
0: investment. And there's a lot of people weighing out like, do I go Airbnb, which has its own, versus just being a just 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 being a landlord with renters.
1: Yeah, man, Airbnb's better. I mean, why? You make more money. You just get a company to manage it, and you manage the management company. Don't got to deal with all the little things. You just got to pay for shit. Well, why do you prefer for Airbnb? To uh, it's the difference of making eight thousand to ten thousand a month versus three thousand or whatever the market is. Yeah, because my my house in in uh, DC is considered a luxury um, rental, so you can charge more per day than you would make renting it out in the market. You know, because the furniture, the way that I designed it, all of that stuff brought the value on Airbnb up. It's not the same as uh, just renting it because it's not about the furniture. It's about location. Dah, dah, dah. Interesting. So you can factor in more things with Airbnb. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah.
0: Thanks so much to IDK for a great interview. And thanks to you for listening. Touré show gives you fuel to power your dreams because you can use your dream like a rocket ship to blast you into a life you never imagined. You can make your dreams a reality. Maybe this show can help. You can find me on Twitter at Torre and on Instagram at Torre Show. Torre Show is written by me, Torre, and produced by Jennifer Brown. Our editor is Ryan Woodhall, Our booker is Claudia Jean, and we're distributed by DCP Entertainment, and we will be back on Wednesday with more amazing guests because the man can't shut us down. We live in a world where you can get anything you need delivered to your door thanks to DoorDash. If you don't want to do the dishes or you feel a little sick...